good afternoon. Yeah, I, we're waiting for uh, our guest. Hopefully, he's going to be able to get in here. I didn't know it actually would start recording. I thought it would wait like last time. I don't have no idea how a lot of this still works. Hopefully he's going to be able to get in. Keeping it real. <laughs> While we wait. I thought it was easier last time. Like it was just like the music waiting until everybody got in. That's what I thought. We're learning. We're we're fumbling our way through. <laughs> this is a, a little awkward, but uh, let's see. We might be able to edit this part out. Oh, there. it looks like our hello guest is here. Hi. <laughs> Hi, this is C. Um, so we had a little bit of a delay there, but that's okay. Um, this is Notorious Escapades with yours truly, Casey Ray, and my amazing co-host, Lex, and our special guest, C. Um, we thought we would do something different this time. We thought we would do a Christmas episode to kind of get everybody in the mood for the holidays. Um, I also wanted to just thank everybody who's listened and who's commented and who's followed us and we've gotten a lot of nice feedback and that just honestly, that just means a lot because um, this is something that we just like to have fun with for ourselves. We're always going to be real and we're just, we're still learning. So we do appreciate everybody. You guys are awesome. And I am going to introduce our guest. So I actually work with him. And he is pretty majestic. If you look in the dictionary, you're going to see <laughs> him in there. Um, and it's, it's really funny because we were actually going to video record this. But our guest, he's just too tall. So he wouldn't be able to fit in the recording. So Because he is, what, you're almost six five right correct yeah six four the last time i went to the doctor <laughs> um so just a little fun facts about our guest <laughs> uh so you he completed a half marathon in november he's a pickleball champ actually i don't know if you know this or not but i was a pickleball champ back in the day just so you know good stuff but i wouldn't go up against you because I probably wouldn't win, but uh, he plays, you played football. Uh, what position did you play? I was an offensive tackle. So I was on the O-line protecting the quarterback. Okay. You played tennis. Uh-huh. And played hockey until fifth grade. About. <laughs> and you play chess. I correct? do. I do play chess. And you love to run. I don't know about love. 
<laughs> but I do it. And also, you're a Christian, and I know that you do youth group. I do. And I know that that means a lot to you. Yes. And you're originally from Minnesota, but you live in Wisconsin now. I love the accent there, Wisconsin. It's different than how we say it. We usually say Wisconsin, more of a hard I, like igloo, Wisconsin. I don't think I have an accent. Um, Well, nobody does until they meet someone from another part of the country. Well, let me me, me say it. Wisconsin. (laughs) Yeah. Alexis has got it. Okay. Um, And then I was also going to say, is there anything else you want to let our listeners know? Um, That's pretty good. I think that's a pretty good intro. Okay. Lex, did you want to say anything real quick before you go into your movie? I would like to thank all of the fans and everyone who tuned in last time and took a chance on our little adventure that we're going on and i we appreciate you taking the time to listen to us if you listen to this one too oh casey i have something to add yes merry christmas everybody yes merry christmas everybody i got my christmas jammies i have my pumpkin spice from starbucks because you know I am a little basic, you know, so had to throw that in there. Uh, so we're going to start with the first movie. Which the most is, controversial uh, one. But I want to say something before you start. And I already can see the comments <laughs> that I'm going to give for this. So first off, I think I was like seven when that movie came out. Two, I didn't watch it. And the first time I watched it was Thursday because I really had no, I guess, desire to see it. And third, I think it's a comedy and not an action movie. And four, it's not a Christmas movie. And I'll let you go. Okay. Well, I'm going to start with my the research I got off an article on Enemy about whether or not it's a Christmas movie. And one of the writers, Stephen E. D'Souza, has made a definitive argument explaining why the film is, in fact, a Christmas movie. The diehard director, John McTiernan, also weighed into the debate. He said, we hadn't intended it to be a Christmas movie, but the joy that came from it is what turned it into a Christmas movie. And then Bruce Willis says that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. It's just a gosh darn Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something else. Die Hard is okay. coming back to theaters December 8th. So say what you will okay. about it not being a Christmas movie. It's okay. It takes place on Christmas Eve. But it's not really, to me, it's just not like a Christmas movie. But I know a lot of people consider it. And I don't know. So it's a Christmas movie. Okay, thank you. So you've seen it? I have seen it just once, but I have seen it. Well, and the other fact is 
that Die Hard 2 also takes place on Christmas Eve. Just so happens, I guess, every time he's around, this happens on. So no. this franchise needs to be like included in the list of all the Christmas franchises, like Santa Claus and all the other stuff. My boyfriend oh, and I watch it every Christmas Eve together. It's just our tradition. I mean, it was okay. I mean, I would say I'd probably give it probably maybe like a four out of ten. <laughs> it's kind of low. If I think a movie is okay, I give it like a six or seven, maybe seven out of ten at the highest. I just don't, I don't know. I just thought it was more of like a a comedy and it's just like Bruce Willis is like the only person that can save all these people and just like he's running around shoeless and almost bleeding to death and I don't know. It's just, I didn't really get the Christmas vibes. They just need a little Christmas spirit. <laughs> they just need a little Christmas spirit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Most but, definitely. Yeah. Now imagine if Liam Neeson was in the movie instead of Bruce Willis. That would be something. That would be something. We do like Liam Neeson. But so Lex, why do you consider it a Christmas movie? Okay, here's my deal. Anything that's got Christmas trees in it, decorations, music, it's a Christmas movie. That's just my opinion. Which they did have Christmas music at the end, and they were at a Christmas party. Yep. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't, like, too bad, but I don't know if I'd watch it again. I don't know if I would watch the sequels or not. I know there's several after that. Yes. Now, Alan Rickman, he played Hans Gruber flawlessly. He did. That was actually his first film role. Really? Wow. He had, he had arrived in Hollywood two days earlier and was appalled by the idea that of his first role being a villain in an action film. And this is according to the trivia on an internet movie database. Yeah, he definitely played that part pretty well, mm. especially when he was trying to fool Bruce Willis, like, towards the end, like... With the accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Preparation for Snape. <laughs> I will That's say, Bruce Willis think. does look handsome in there. And he does. He's very young and has his hair. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Bruce Willis' favorite role has always been John McClane, though he has stated. Yeah, I mean, he did play that role really well. And I like when he was talking to himself and when uh, they were like trying to call him by his name or whatever. And he's like, well, like my friends call me this and the teacher called me this. And <laughs> you're neither of those. And. And then, of course, the infamous quote. It was kind of nice to see that infamous quote, though, in the movie. What, the yippee Kaye quote? Yeah, the yippee. Yep. Yeah. It was nice to see that. But, you know, I say if, if 
people feel that's a Christmas movie and it makes them happy and they have that tradition, you know, I'm not going to say anything. You know, we all have our movies that we like. Right. Now, yeah. we almost we almost didn't have an Alan Rickman as Hans Gruber. Sam Neill was offered the role and he turned it down. Oh, wow. I just can't see the movie without Alan Rickman in it. It would just be yeah. off. Yeah, I can't see him. Yeah. Can you enlighten me? Who is Sam Neill? Oh, what has he played in? I bet our uh, movie buff who listens to this is going to be like, I already know the answer. I probably. <laughs> Who's I our don't... movie buff? Uh, it's just a listener that we have that uh, he knows movies very well. And he's probably already got that answer. <laughs> probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I really, I can't, I don't remember what all he plays in, but he's played on a lot of movies. I think he's even done TV shows as well. Well, Bruce Willis did TV. Um, my mom was saying she remembers him from that TV show, Moonlighting. Moonlighting, yep. Yeah. yeah. So I, I thought Die Hard was one of his first ones, but I guess not. No. Now... Die Hard was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress in 2017 for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Well, it is a classic 80s action movie. It is. And then the scene where he's trying to smash the window with the chair to get the attention of Sergeant Powell. They had to do multiple takes because the glass window was too strong to break from a single blow as depicted. In fact, the glass window was so strong that Bruce Willis actually ended up breaking the chair before he broke the window. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did like the relationship, though, he had with the other cop that he was talking to. And you know what the fun, funny thing about that is? Is they did not meet until the very last day of shooting. Like, just like in the movie. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Saving the best for last. I thought that was a really interesting tidbit. I tell you, Internet Movie Database has some prime trivia. What is uh, Die Hard rated on the Internet Movie Database? Let me pull it up and see what it says. I feel like it's right around 8.0, which is generally pretty good. If you're at 8 or oh, 8.0 or better, that's like a really good movie. I have a very oh. slow tablet. There we go. Let's see. And for anyone who doesn't know, the Internet Movie Database is IMDb. For short, so just imdb.com. Thank you. No problem. Trying to help our people out. <laughs> I used to rate movies on there a lot more often, but now I no, I don't. Well, they also have Rotten Tomatoes, too. Right, yep. They I wonder do. what it's written. Probably pretty highly. Well, I can't get into it because I have a an application or an 
uh, sorry, a tablet that doesn't like to cooperate. Mm. So, and I can't leave this and go to a, it on my phone because it'll it'll make me drop out of the the podcast. So, what what would you say your top three moments would be from Die Hard? Okay, my top moments. All right, <laughs> the first one's really silly, but it's what kind of one of my favorite Christmas songs. So this is why I love it. It was when Argyle is in the limo driving him to <laughs> Nakatomi Plaza and he plays Christmas and Hollis. Yeah. I love I love Bruce Willis's reaction <laughs> in the movie. And then um I think another moment was when he put the first villain that he had killed in the elevator with, and he wrote on the, sh- the, yeah. the sweatshirt that says, now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And he was hiding above it and, right, and he was writing the bad guy's names down on his arm. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of genius. And then he was crossing <laughs> them off as he got through them. Yeah. You see, it's a Christmas movie. Ho, ho, ho. There you go. And then... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, Um, go ahead. The the final moment is... Is when him and Sergeant Powell meet. Those, Those are like my favorite moments. Yeah, I liked when I can't remember his name, but the guy that had a thing for his uh, John's wife, Ellis, thought he was yeah, he thought he was gonna be all cool and like negotiate and go in there and like, oh, I got this, and it's just like John's like, what are you doing? You don't know these these people and how they operate, but he thought he was just gonna go in there and save the day, I guess. It was a very arrogant character. Yes, yes. And I did like the limo driver. I thought he was funny when he made that crack. He's like, oh, I can't wait to see what you guys do for New Year's. If you guys do this on <laughs> Christmas. It's <laughs> uh. oh, funny. Well, I guess it is. We'll give it, I mean, I'll give it about a little bit of Christmas. Christmas movie. Okay. I guess I guess it's two to one. Mm-hmm. We can have the fans vote too. We did actually have a poll and so Elf and Love Actually are tied. Nobody voted for Die Hard. As the, the as to their favorite? Yeah. We just okay. put the three that yeah. Okay. Yeah, Die Hard gonna... didn't get any love. I was suggesting a poll about whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not. Oh, yeah, we could we could add that on there. I I think it's about half and half people feel you know about that. Um did you want to talk about yours then? Me? Yeah. I will happily discuss the my movie, which is Elf. So mm-hmm. Elf is the story of Buddy the Elf who he is uh, in an orphanage as a small child 
and he winds up crawling into Santa's sack of gifts and he finds himself in the North Pole and he is raised as an elf and he works in the workshop and everything. And um, eventually he comes to realize he's a human after hearing some elves um, talking about him um, because he wasn't making his toy quota. And so he is told by Papa Elf where his father is in New York City. And uh, he goes to New York and gets to meet his family and falls in love. And he is portrayed by Will Ferrell, who does an incredible job in the performance, in my opinion. And there's, there's too many good little bits uh, to mention, really. Um, he decorates um, Gimbal's, the department store, which, as I was looking at this, I, I uh, found that Gimbal's is no longer in business. And this movie came out in 2003, but there's a Gimbal's in New York City there, although Gimbal's folded in about 1986, 1987 or so. But he decorates at Gimbal's because Santa is coming to town and he... He makes the Mona Lisa on an Etch-A-Sketch, which is pretty hilarious if you ask me. <laughs> and it took the art team about two weeks to make that whole display. And so Santa gets to town and Buddy realizes, uh, realizes that it's not the real Santa. And so he asks this mall Santa, well, what song did I sing for you on your birthday last year? <laughs> and he goes, well, the happy birthday song, of course. Ho, ho, ho. And... He rips off the mall Santa's beard and they have a fight and uh, the children all scream at the fact that the beard is now gone and Buddy's yelling, he's a fake. He's a fake. So, yeah. And then he finds himself in jail and his father <laughs> bails him out of jail and they do it. They do a DNA test and well, it's a boy. Um, his father's paternity is confirmed and his father has to deal with him and takes him back to his residence to meet um, his wife and his son. And uh, Michael, his son, doesn't like Buddy much at first. And Buddy waits for him after school one day. And long story short, they get into a snowball fight. And... In the time it takes Michael to make one snowball, Buddy makes like 50 or something, and it's crazy. And he just fires off the snowballs at the guys attacking them like a cannon, like really rapidly. And I think that's one of my favorite mo moments in the movie, just to watch that happen. And then they chop down a tree in the park, Central Park, or whatever park it was, and... Um, Michael and Buddy's father makes a remark that felonies are fun, but at least Michael is happy. So Buddy brings a lot of joy into that home. And he also falls in love with Jovi, an employee at Gimbal's, um, who was just trying to do, just trying to get through the holidays. But she um, eventually succumbs to his charm, if you can call it that, and gets some Christmas spirit in her. And so Buddy has to save the day eventually when it's Christmas Eve and Santa gets stuck in Central Park um, because the engines won't go because there's just no Christmas spirit anymore. And so um, 
Michael, his brother, takes Santa's list um, to the news reporting in New York and starts to read off um, what people want. Um, and he even reads off what the news reporter wants, which is for a Tiffany engagement ring and for her boyfriend to stop stalling something to that effect and commit already. And so the Christmas spirit meter eventually goes up once that happens. And then everyone by the news report starts singing Santa Claus is coming to town and the day is saved and Santa is able to continue on with Christmas. And yeah, that is a lot of what happens in Elf. There's many more things, but that's the gist. And you're tall like Buddy the Elf. I, I am tall like Buddy the Elf. You know, the, the movie uses forced perspective to make Buddy appear so much taller than everyone else. Yeah. Um, which is more prominent in the North Pole scenes. But yeah, I am tall. Yeah, I like that snowball fight too. That was a good moment with Buddy. Mm -hmm. I could see you doing that. Super yeah, my, my brothers and I, we used to make forts and have snowball fights like in the driveway and front yard, basically going up. I get a lot. I'm going to get um, a lot of hate for this, but yeah, Elf, Here Elf goes. is just not my favorite movie. Hmm. The best part of it is Zoe de Chanel. No. I have beef with Zoe. Why do you have beef? You've seen 500 Days of Summer, right? I think I have once. Yeah. Yeah. And I just didn't like her character in there. Mm -hmm. So I'm working on it. Mm -hmm. Do you like but New Girl? I have never watched that. Mm -hmm. Oh, you've got to see it. I think Elf in 500 Days of Summer was probably enough for me with her but i think you i think if you if you saw new girl you change your mind uh why else do you not like elf lex i'm just not i'm, I'm also not like a huge will ferrell fan like my favorite movie he's done is talladega nights yeah i love will Especially when he was on SNL. I know our guest probably doesn't remember when he was on there, but he was really good when he was on. When was that? In the 90s? Yep. Yeah. Yep. When I was just coming into the world. Yep. Oh, you're a youngin. Yeah, yes. I'm 27. Okay. So I do have the internet movie database ratings for all three of our movies. So Elf has a 7.1. Okay. Too That's low. So, and Die Hard had an 8.2. Mm. Hmm, I would think that, well, I guess maybe Die Hard would be ranked. And then we'll do yours, Casey, when you, after you do your little discussion. Yeah. I just, I've always liked Elf. I just, he's so positive. And, you know, I... Because I used to work in the mailroom, and when he's in that mailroom scene where he's mm -hmm. dancing, it's just oh, yeah. like hilarious. 
Oh my gosh, that is a that's that is probably the funniest scene in the movie for me. I forgot about that scene with the work release guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He gets him drunk. Yeah, 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 and he's like, except, yeah, like I remember when he gets to the mailroom and he says to the guy, like, it looks like everyone here wants to hurt me. Yeah, <laughs> poor buddy. But yup, he dances to whoop. There it is. He gets everyone going. And they call his dad. Yes. Because <laughs> his dad's on the phone with that important guy. Oh, right. He's with Miles Finch. Yeah. The Miles Finch. Yeah. Who's like, like this him. incredible children's author. But a very horrible person. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because he got in that fight with Buddy and basically beat him up. And yeah, poor poor Buddy. He's just Does like, Santa know that you left the workshop? It's <laughs> like call me an elf again. <laughs> poor Buddy. Aw, call me an elf one more time. <laughs> You're an elf. But he just always seems to still be positive, though, no oh, matter. Yeah. That people give him such a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I would have liked to have seen out of the movie was Jovi seeing more of how more of Jovi and Elf together. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they'll do a sequel if they haven't already. They're not well, doing a sequel. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. Will stated no because according. To the Internet Movie Database, him and John Favreau had very frequent disagreements about the tone of the film. Hmm. Interesting. And he had to eat all that sugar. That's right. Yes. The scene yeah, where the the scene where he eats the different candies and pastries and the spaghetti noodles had to be shot twice because Will Ferrell vomited the first time. I can see it though. That's too much sugar. Yeah. I mean, one of the four made food groups, candy, candy canes. Wait, no. Now I feel dumb. It's not. What? What was the four? The four main food groups are candy, candy canes, candy corn, and syrup. All of which have a lot of sugar. Yeah. That's why he. I thought he thought that the guy was drinking syrup in the mail room. Yes. Oh. <laughs> it was probably bourbon or rum or something. I also like though when he's when he says to the the worker at Gimbal's, you know, about how smiling's his favorite, and he's all excited, and the guy's like, "You need to make work your favorite. Work is your favorite." Hmm. <laughs> That manager was pretty gruff. He was. He was just doing his job. Yeah, that is true. It's just kind of sad that he lost his job. Oh, the manager? No, buddy. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Well, when you get into a fight with a mall Santa. (laughs) Yeah, that'll definitely get you fired. Mm -hmm. He didn't seem too bothered about being in jail either. No. He's just such a happy go lucky and even when he asked Jovi out, I thought that was so cute. 
do you want to go get food? You know, <laughs> the code. And his brother Michael is standing right there. They were like, just like, uh oh. <laughs> and she's like, but I'm free Thursday. Cool. <laughs> and but at least go they out. They go have the world's best cup of coffee. Yep. Oh, we used to have Buddy Dell floating around the office. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. You would tell me about that. Yeah, he was in your office, though, wasn't he? In mid in up where I work? Yeah. No. Oh, they never brought him there? No. Oh, darn. He's been, like, all over our office. Oh, I'm sure he has, and scaring people. Yeah, he's... I don't know where he's at now, but yeah, I think there's like two. So that's kind of a shame they didn't bring him to your office. Got to tell the powers that be next time they come up. <laughs> okay, any final thoughts on Elf? Yes, I have one. My favorite scene with Buddy is when he... When he writes that good, when he writes the good and buy note, and he walks out. Yeah. And then Michael telling their dad that he only cares about himself. And then, then Hobbs walks out of his job to go help find Buddy with Michael. That was that 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 scene that did get me in my feels a little bit. Yeah, poor Buddy. Yeah. Right, and he apologizes for cramming eleven cookies into the VCR. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'm gonna add another quote. Um, that like when he meets Joey and talks, and they talk about singing, and he just starts singing, and he's like, "I'm in a store and I'm singing." That was uh, completely improvised by Will Ferrell. Oh wow! Yeah, the lyrics. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, when you got nothing to say, you know, you just say what's true. You're in, if you're in a store and you're singing, that's what you sing. <laughs> I'll try that sometime. See how that Oh, works. and um, when he visits uh, his dad, when he goes to work with his dad and he answers <laughs> the phone and he's like, Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? <laughs> and the person just hangs up. <laughs> My dad has joked about wanting to actually answer the phone like that one time. He should. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I should answer the phone that way at work. I wonder what would happen. Oh, I bet they would love it. Yeah. I might have to try that. I need to know how that goes. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. All right. Okay, so... I picked Love Actually, which I know Lex, you just saw for the first time recently. What about I watched it? I watched it twice. Okay, have you seen it? See? No. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah. So this, this is another older one. So this is from 2003. But I'm going to start with a quote from Hugh Grant. He actually plays David, the Prime Minister of England. Oh. Yeah. He's my favorite prime minister of all time. But <laughs> nice. <laughs> throw that in there, sorry. Okay, so he has this quote at the beginning of the movie. 
whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the rival's gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinions start starting to make out that we live in a world full, full of hatred and greed, but I don't see that. It seems to me that love is everywhere, often and not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husband and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, and friends. When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from the people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They were all messages of love. If you look for it, I've got a sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. And I love that quote. I love how so, they book in the movie with the 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 footage they shot of people arriving and departing at the airport. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very cute. And so this movie has a couple main uh, couples and they all kind of everybody kind of mingles like you know they all kind of know each other. So I'm actually going to start with David uh who's played by Hugh Grant and he's the prime minister actually newly elected and he has this secretary Natalie who's actually new as well. And I I love Hugh Grant. I know we have a listener out there that also is a huge Hugh Grant fan. So I'll just note that. Um, But as soon as he meets Natalie, he falls in love with her. I mean, you can tell in the movie, like it's instant. Like he falls in love at first sight, which I love that because if anybody's ever had that feeling, it's awesome. And he realizes right away. I think you, if you remember Lex, that he realizes he's in trouble when he first sees her. Mm-hmm. And it cracks me up when they first meet and she cusses. And she's, and then she cusses more. And then he's like, he just kind of laughs and he cusses back. So I just thought that was kind of funny. And it turns out she recently got out of a relationship with an ex-boyfriend. And they kind of make these comments throughout the movie. They talk about her weight. Which I guess I just didn't see it. I didn't see it either. Because I thought she was gorgeous. And obviously when they were talking to Hugh Grant. Or you know. Like he's just like. I don't see it. Like he thinks she's gorgeous. And I liked when he joked. That since he's a prime minister. He could have her boyfriend. Ex-boyfriend killed. So I thought that was funny. And Kind of dark. Kind of, well. A little bit. Yeah. And so then Billy Bob Thornton comes in. So he's the president of the United States. And he actually starts hitting on Natalie. And Hugh Grant kind of walks in. And you can tell he's, like, irritated because he doesn't know what to think. Because obviously he likes her. And then he ends up letting Natalie go because of that. And then later on, he regrets that he gets this Christmas card from her. And she signs it yours, Natalie. And also, well, because our guest hasn't seen it, but Hugh Grant does this really awesome dance in the movie. Which which he hated. I know. He said he didn't like filming that. He had to film that scene really early. And he's like, 
I'm British and we don't really dance well. But I thought he did very well. I thought it was cute. It's probably one of the best scenes in the movie is him dancing. And so they end up together at the end, obviously. Um, so what's really weird, I don't know if this is like an England thing, but when the kids get together for the Christmas pageant thing, it's just really weird because it's like they have lobsters in this, like kids dress as lobsters. I need to know more about why they did that. Yeah, because they have like the traditional like Christmas pageant, but then they have kids dressed as lobsters. So it's weird. Didn't she say there was the or was the kid the girl the boy that was the lobster? I think there was, was two lobsters. Oh, I thought there was three lobsters. Okay, maybe three lobsters. There could have been two. Yeah, and then some kind of fish squid type thing was also in the Christmas pageant. Octopus. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It's just maybe that's how they do their Christmas pageants. I don't know. It was. It was just a, yeah. Yeah. So they actually were my favorite couple in the movie. I thought they were cute. And then we have Harry, who's played by Alan Rickman. So he's in another film. And of course, he's not so nice in this movie as well. And he's married to Karen, who's played by Emma Thompson. And her character is actually, she's the sister of the prime minister. So they've been married like 13 years and Harry hires this secretary named Mia. She's recent. And Mia starts hitting on Harry. Like I would say they both kind of flirt with each other. Mia was just disgusting about it though. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. She like knew he was married and she's making these comments. And then, you know, when they're at the Christmas party, she's wearing that Halloween type costume thing just making just like you know talking about oh you know because they have the Christmas party at that art gallery and she's like oh it's you know there's dark corners for dark deeds and she's basically like all over him at the Christmas party when his wife is there the, the, the worst thing that she did uh -huh. like when when his first when she was doing the planning of the Christmas party is when yes. she was in the office chair and they were talking and she starts spreading her legs apart as far as the office chair would allow. That yes. just disgusted me. Yeah. And then wanting him to oh buy God. her a Christmas gift. And then when he's like, well, what do you want? And she's like, well, I told you you could have everything, you, you know, from me, but like, I want something I want or something. It, yeah. She basically just hits on him. And he, he likes it though. I mean, He's entertaining the idea. And then he goes and buys that necklace for her. And While the with his wife. He was shopping with his yes. wife. Yes. And then she finds it in the coat pocket. And she's getting all excited. Thinking I'm going to get this necklace later. And then no. It goes to Mia. But they don't actually like do anything in the movie. He realizes it's like at the end. You know, when Emma Thompson's crying and he just, he says that he's like been foolish, you know, because she's like, is it going to turn into something else other than just giving, giving her a necklace? Well, at the end of the Christmas pageant, she did go up to him and 
um, she'd asked, she asked him, you know, if, if it were him, yeah, how were he, he cut and would he cut and run? Yep. She's like, you know, like you got to think about, is it going to just be about like the necklace and this, is it going to be more? And like, how would you feel? And I think he just kind of realizes in that moment, he says like, he's been foolish. So I assume that they work everything out because he actually didn't do anything with Mia, but it's just the fact how that they behaved with each other and just like Mia hitting on him nonstop. I mean, and I thought it was hilarious when he's buying the necklace and Mr. Bean is checking them out <laughs> and he's like, Ooh, let's put a cinnamon stick in here. Let's just like, and he's like, come on, dude, like just hurry up and get this gift wrap. My wife is here. <laughs> and it took this guy like 20 minutes to wrap the necklace. So I would say that Mia is probably the least liked character on love actually. I would agree with that. Yeah. And next up, we have Sarah, who is played by Laura Lindley. She also, so she works with Harry. Harry's her boss. And she works with Mia. So Sarah has this co-worker named Carl that she's been in love with. They say it's like two years and seven months and so many days she's been in love with Carl. So Harry pulls her into the office and he's like... You know, can I ask her, like, when she's going to make a move? And she's like, oh, do you think Carl knows that I'm in love with him? And basically, Harry's like, yes. Like, everybody knows. Yeah. Like, when are you going to, like, we all know that you want to marry him and have lots of sex and babies with him. But Sarah has this brother who is, I guess he's schizophrenic. So he calls her a lot. He's in a hospital. So she's always answering this phone. And then she goes to the Christmas party and Carl's there, you know, and they dance. And then he goes back home with her. And they're at that, that moment when they're getting ready to be intimate. And the phone rings and it's her brother. So she has to stop and then she has to explain to Carl, like, you know, our parents are gone. I have to take care of my brother. She's not, not that I have to, but, you know, I, you know, want to help him. And I just feel so bad because it just doesn't work out for her. And I just, throughout the film, especially in that moment, I'm like, just turn your phone off for just an hour and be with this guy who's gorgeous, who you're in love with, who I'm pretty sure he feels the same way and just doesn't work out for her. And it's just kind of awkward when they have to work together. Yeah. She just didn't get that happy ending. And that's just very unfortunate. My favorite couple was Jamie and Aurelia. Oh, yes. Who is played by Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Which I love him. And you said her name correctly. I, I was kind of worried about that. And, you know, I feel bad for Jamie because he already had that situation, you know, with his... Walking in on his his girlfriend with his brother. Yep. Yep. So he's a writer and then he goes away to this cabin to write this murder mystery. And then she's the housekeeper. Correct, Arilla? 
Yes. Aurelia yeah. is the housekeeper. She cleans his house for our for him and all that kind of good stuff so he can focus on writing. Yes. And my favorite is like when he's outside writing and the papers go all over. Oh, I and he's know. Like, and she's, yeah. And she's trying to get him. He's like, don't worry, don't worry. And then they get into the pond and then she's just like taking her clothes and just jumps in. Because <laughs> there's a language barrier too. Yes. So. The funny thing when they were in there though, and he was like, I hope there's no eels in here. Eels in here. And then she says, just be careful of the eels. But they don't know what each other is saying. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah. And one brushes up or something brushes up against him and he starts freaking out. <laughs> I'd freak Are out eels too. Are eels dangerous? Um, Can they like shock you? I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> Electric eel? I'm not sure. I'm not, a, but, I'm not, mm. I, I'm not, uh, I don't know much about eels. <laughs> mm, me neither. Uh, but I thought it was too, um, when she said that the saddest part of her day is when she had to leave Jamie and, you know, and that it was sad for him. Like when he has to take her home each night. I know. And then she talks about his bad driving. <laughs> <laughs> then he takes those uh, classes so he can learn Portuguese. I like how he gets into the accident too when he goes yes. to leave. Oh, well, I like when he shows up at the end and they think it's for her other sister and then they were like, oh, he's here to buy her or kill her and the one person says cool and it's like his the language barrier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Jamie gets a happy ending. But they didn't say if it was that his wife or girlfriend, I guess, that was sleeping with his brother. But yeah, yeah, they didn't specify if that what that relationship was exactly. Well, the next character, uh, our guest will probably find hilarious, but uh, Colin, you know, the guy who's trying to get a woman in England, but none of the women in England want him. So he's like, I'm going to go to America and get me a hot uh, American woman. Um, he goes. He decides he's going to go to Wisconsin of all places to find Milwaukee. <laughs> wow. Yep. Dang, dude. <laughs> so he goes to a bar <laughs> in Milwaukee, and he finds all these hot women, and they're all like, "Oh my God, are you from England? We love your accent." Like Denise Richards yep. is in there. Was it like four or five, and they were sisters? The girl, I think the girl from American Pie was in there too. Yes, she was in there. Yep, Denise Richards. And they all live together, they're sisters. And he would say, like, bottle, and they would just like crack up and they're like, we love your accent, everything like that. Because his friend in England was like, there's no way you're going to go to America and get a hot girl. Like, no way. And then when he comes back at the end, he's got a hot woman and then he's got someone for his buddy but i thought of all places to go to milwaukee it's just that's <laughs> like, funny do you want to know a funny fact from the the internet movie database trivia is that yeah. chris marshall marshall returned his paycheck for the scene where the three american girls undress him because he had such a great time having three women undress him for 21 takes that he was willing <laughs> to do it for free 
yeah. They shot that 21 times. 21 takes. Yeah. Yep, because remember the sisters, they only shared like one bed and they didn't have pajamas and he was just sitting there like listening to this. He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, he was he was just hilarious in the movie. And then we have Daniel, who is played by Liam Neeson, and his stepson, Sam, who's 11. Oh, the cutest, cutest ones in the story. I know. So Daniel's wife recently passed and so he's sad about that, and his stepson, who's 11, starts falling in love with a girl at school. Aww. So he's dealing with his mom's death in this, and Liam Neeson is, like, the best wingman ever that he helps him. He's like, oh, we're going to watch Titanic, which I don't care for that movie, but that's beside the point. So they watch Titanic, and he's basically trying to help him get this girl. And Sam decides he's going to play the drums because he's like musicians always get the girls. And he really he in real life. He really did learn to play the drums for that role. Yeah, Like he wasn't, he was not too bad. He learned from his dad. Who was, who's a drummer too. Oh, that's cool. And so Sam ends up playing in the Christmas pageant. He plays the drums when the girl, Joanna, that he likes, she sings uh, All I Want for Christmas is You. And I liked it, like, how when she was pointing at everybody, like, he got kind of jealous. I don't know if you noticed that. Like, he was getting mad because he thought that she was just looking at him. But then she starts pointing at everybody else. And you could just kind of, his face just kind of fell. I didn't notice that. Yeah, he gets kind of mad. And then. They always joke in the the film about uh, Liam's character being with Claudia Schiffer, which I don't know if our guest, do you you know? Okay, so she was a famous model in the 90s. Yeah, very famous. And at the end of the world. And then Sam's all worried because he doesn't think Joanna feels the same way about him or even Mm. knows who she is. Like, she's the cool kid. And then after the Christmas pageant, she flies home to America. So he goes to the airport and chases her. And then they tell each other how they feel. Wait, the 11-year-old? Yep. Chases a girl at the airport? Yeah, he chases. Yep. Did you you notice it was Mr. Bean who distracted the guy when the kid wanted to run in? That's how he was able to get in through through the... yeah, I know. I was like that. I was like that. All right, Mr. Bean, coming through. And Liam's like, go, go. And then uh, Liam, he runs into Claudia Schiffer at the airport. So it looks like that they'll probably end up together. But Sam is very cute. It's adorable. And I think... Well, Sam's mom also, and well, Sam's mom and and Daniel's wife was named Joanna too, coincidentally. Yes. Yep. And so, didn't we have Billy and his manager, Billy Mac? Yeah, Billy Mac. And the garbage Christmas song. (laughs) The garbage Christmas song. Yep, he's. He marketed it as trash, and it still went number one. Yep, and then he had to sing it naked at the end because it got number one 
You know, but, his real his really his realization that you know the love of his life was his, is his manager Joe. You know, as his friend, but you know it was it was kind of like a like it was a nice, but still it was like like a sad moment because you know really they they are the only ones that have each other's backs because you know if you look at it, it's just usually just those two together. When yeah, kind of romance. Well, yeah, because they've been together for years, and he even, you know, said that, like, he said when he was young and successful, he was greedy and foolish, and he was left with nobody. So he's realized it's like, Joe is like my person. This is the person that I love. And his cheesy music videos, and then I liked when um, he made that comment, don't buy drugs, become a pop star, and they'll just give them to you for free. Oh my gosh! That, yeah, he was a wild—he was a wild character. So I think that's pretty much Mark and Juliet and Peter. Oh yes, yep. Oh, Kira Nyla, yeah. So, um, Peter and Juliet are married, and Peter's best friend Mark is in love with Juliet. But they obviously—they don't end up together. Uh, Mark gets to say his piece at the end, which is a classic scene at the end. He's, you know, I just thought it was inappropriate. I thought that whole scene was inappropriate. What him doing the note cards and saying how he felt? Yeah, yes. The, how he he said next Christmas we're going to be together. Like he's like, I'm we're going to crush my best friend's heart, but just so we could be be together. Well, the thing is, though, Mark stays away from her most of the. Like he's trying not to say like how he feels he's trying to stay away but then when you know because he films their wedding and she comes over and looks at the wedding video and it's all close-ups of her and she starts to realize like oh my god you have feelings for me i thought yeah. you hated me the whole time mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's got to be an awkward situation in itself to be in love with your best friend's partner But I don't think that they would end up together, though. It didn't seem like she was into Mark. And... But... Yeah. <laughs> when he does, well, see, that's the thing, too. Like, that's the grand gesture, though, when he has the note cards and standing out there and saying how he feels and how he thinks she's perfect. And you know. So there is some inappropriateness in, in the film, but it's actually, it's very cute. I mean, not everybody ends up together, but everybody in some form has love in their life. Or they have love in their life. All you the need only, is love. Yeah. yeah. And the, the only characters that their storylines never interconnect is Billy Mac and what is this, Joe? Yeah. Because think about it. All the other characters are interconnected in some way yep. or, or some form. They all knew each other. Yeah, it is definitely a. It's one of my favorites, and Hugh Grant's my favorite. So since our podcast is named Notorious Escapades, I'm not sure if our listeners remember, but back in 1995, Hugh Grant had a little notorious escapade. He got caught trying to solicit another woman's affections. I'll put it that way. Oh, boy. Uh, but it didn't hurt his career, though. I mean, he just, mm. he was big in the 90s and early 2000s, but 
I think if that happened now, it would be different. But I think our guest, I think you definitely need to watch Love Actually. Okay. With Kaida. With Kaida. Oh, guess who I have here with me right now? Oh, our sweet angel baby. Yes, Kaida. Aww. She's on my lap. <laughs> Just Aww. hanging out. So when she walked in my room, I didn't let her leave. Aww. Hopefully she's being nice. Yeah, she's being nice. She's just hanging out on my lap. <laughs> so we're going to get this podcast close to. Oh, Casey, wait, wait. Your um, Love Actually's rating on Internet Movie Database was a 7.6. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, I can see that. It's a good movie. The soundtrack's really good too. Oh, it's amazing. And you need to see that everybody needs to do the Hugh Grant dance. At least just once to get into the spirit. Because love is all around us. Mm-hmm. So comes the portion of where our guest has to answer three questions. Oh. You Out of the bucket. Yep, out of the little Taylor Swift bucket. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he got that or not, but I don't think so. <laughs> what? Are you ready for it? Yeah. Okay. It's a Taylor Swift song. Oh. Okay. First question What's your morning routine? What's my morning routine? Um, I get out of bed, I pray, I get dressed, I eat, and I grab all my stuff and I get out the door. <laughs> it's pretty much the bare essentials. Okay. Yep. Just remember, you can only pass on one. Oh. And there are three total? Yep. Okay. What's the next one? Who has taught you the most about your craft, hobby, or career? Who has taught me the most about my craft, hobby, or career? Hmm. <laughs> um. What's the next one? Okay. When have you grown the most in your life and what caused that growth? Uh, yeah, I think the most growth that happened in my life was on a summer mission trip with a Christian org called Crew in the summer of 2017. Um, I think a lot of it was God working on me and the people around me being who they were. And uh, it was uh, really cool. And where was that mission at? Yeah, it was in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Oh, nice. Yep. Just across the street from the beach, basically. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We love that for you. Thank you. Okay, you got an answer for the other one? Oh. Um, who has taught me the most about my craft, hobby, or career? Um, I don't know. I'll I'll do career then. 
my supervisor, whose name also starts with a C. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, he's been good. He's been good at answering my questions and stuff about random things that come up in my line of work, handling claims. So, yeah, I'll go with him. Yes, he is very awesome. Mm-hmm. So, see, those weren't that bad. No. Were you those nervous? Were good questions. Um, I didn't. I just didn't know what was coming, and I didn't know this was <laughs> happening. So, I, 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 I didn't know what the questions were either. So, I like to surprise people. Yes, and I hate surprises. Mm-hmm. Well, we will have another episode in a, a few weeks. Lex is going to do 1982, which I don't know exactly what she's doing yet. Oh, I've got a list of things. Yeah, she's got a list of things. We also, we want to thank you for being on our guest because I know you have a very busy schedule. Yes, thank you for taking the time to do this with us today. Oh, absolutely. Today is a little lighter than usual, so I have some time. But yes, you're very welcome. This was good. And, and every, everyone, want- please feel free to leave us some feedback. I know I didn't go into very great, like, synopsis detail of my movie, but because of reasons. But um, next time I will definitely have a lot more details for things. Well, you did good. This was fun. And like I said, this is just kind of us being ourselves. So, you yeah. know, kind of take it or leave it. And if you know yes we do not edit anything yeah no we don't edit anything keep it real mm-hmm. so, Tidak, you say hi? she's not saying anything she's so peaceful right now is she ready for the fame i don't know are you ready for the fame i'm already famous that is true that is true <laughs> He is pretty majestic. Yeah. And very humble. Yes, very humble. Very, I would say you're a very unique person and genuine person. I've Thank never you. met anybody like you. No, it's it's because of my name. Like, my real name is, is really unique. I don't think anyone's going to be able to guess it. It's not the typical C names like Charlie or what other, or, or Curtis or... I don't know. Carmen. That's a female name. But yeah, pretty unique. Yes, very unique name. Mm-hmm. Or Casey. <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a male Casey. Casey's not my name. Well, Casey's not very unique anymore. It used to be. No. It's not. It's very common now. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to give a shout out because there's a podcast that follows us and listens to us. Ouch, was that a ghost? Definitely want to check out their podcast. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh. They are amazing and they are so fun to listen to. Yeah, they're very fun and they've given us support. So I just want our listeners to check out their podcast as well. And they they have merch and everything. It's really cool. Do you have any last words, Lex? Not really. And if you haven't followed us already, just give us a follow and comment. We do check and we do like the feedback too. We always do appreciate it. 
and we appreciate our guests once again being on and hopefully we'll have other people on you can tell them it's not scary being on here with us Mm -hmm. thanks for having me on yes thank you what's up next 1982 1982 that's right Yep, 1982, whatever. Lots of interesting that. things in 1982. Yep. Um, the, the, I think by some definitions that that's the year that the millennial generation began. Oh, oh no, no, no. I don't want to be a millennial. No, I don't either. <laughs> I was 81, so. Okay, well, you're I'm, safe. Then. I'm, 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 ten, I'm, I'm into January of 82. Oh, boy. You're the oldest millennial. I'm not a millennial. You're not a millennial? Okay. I'm a boomer. No, it's called Gen X. No, I'm a boomer. Yeah, okay, so Gen X just doesn't exist? I feel like a boomer at heart. Okay, you feel like a boomer at heart. Yeah, right. I feel like a, yep, I'm officially at that age where, you know, everything bothers <laughs> you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> boomer. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> oh, speaking of which, um, since you're hilarious, we need some dad jokes before we go. Oh, you need some dad jokes. Um, okay, what do uh, runners eat before they run? No idea. Nothing. They fast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Because he is hilarious. Many people in the office have said he's hilarious. <laughs> that is pretty funny, though. Yeah, that is very funny. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll, we will be back, and we will hop off now. All so right. We'll see, okay. we'll see you, bye. We'll see you next time for 1982. Yep. Bye, bye everyone. Bye. Thanks for having me on. You appreciate it. Yep. Bye. Bye.